0: Hello, everybody. My name is Christopher Thomas-Plane. My name is Ross Froshtick. And welcome to the Resties, where the rest of the best discuss the best of the rest. This week, we're talking about Bolt Gun? Bolt Gun? Bolt, Bolt Gun. Bolt Gun. (laughs) Bolt, why do you keep saying it like that? Why? Do you, you, you ever, like, have a word that you see it, and you say it, and it doesn't seem like it could possibly be right? And you just it's gun. It it's over a gun over. that. Sh- yeah, no, that's right. It's a, a, bu- bolt a gun that gun. shoots bolts. A bolt it shoots bolts. Bolt gun. Here, Bolt gun is a boomer shooter from the Warhammer 40K universe. But two great things. You don't need to know a thing about bolt guns, and you certainly don't need to know anything about Warhammer 40K to enjoy this video game. You don't even have to know what a boomer shooter is. This is one of those games that you just pick up and enjoy. And I can't wait to talk about it. But first, I had a thing that I need to talk with you about. Okay. So I'm coming to New York City soon. Like, I don't know, like a week and a half. And we'll definitely see each other. You know, it is the concrete jungle where dreams are made of. I think it's just the orange polluted hellscape where dreams are ruined.
1: Yeah, Um, well, (laughs) everyone's spreading the love when it comes to fire safety. And uh, I guess New York's turn. Today. I think
0: it'll be better by the time I'm there. but I I've been thinking like, I want a, a slice of New York pizza. Oh,
1: and I'm God. trying to think
0: like, what is the number one slice for you? Like if, for... if you you and, 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 and this is a much trickier question than I think people appreciate because sure. when you have to ask answer what is the number one New York slice? You are both saying like the number one slice of any type. there there's rich people pizza. There is like kind of like Italian pizza. What's rich people pizza? You know, like you're in the West Village, and they're like, this is like pizza cooked on a single stone. That was oh, like and it's always it.
1: the 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 crust
0: is always like super hard, and there's like yeah, goat, it, goat cheese and shit on it. It's not like good. Yeah, it's basically a salad on bread. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. But then there's like a buck fifty pizza. Yeah, but that has its own problems too because it's. I mean. That you dab dabbing the you, you need to get the five hundred uh, napkins and then dab. Yeah, it it's very oily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what? Like, if you were coming into town, pretend that you're me now. Ugh. You get to have one slice of one one or one pie. You could have a whole pie. Where Where would you go? I mean, the problem
1: is that the the my like er New York pizza is not in New York City. I apologize. It's in Mamaronek, New York, Holy shit. which is where I grew up. And it's a place called Sal's Pizzeria in Mamaronek, New York. It Plug for Mamaronek. It requires a train ride from New York City. Is it like so life changingly good that I would take the trip just for that pizza? Probably not. It's very, very good New York pizza. If you want like very true to New York, New York pizza, it's great. And if you happen to be in the neighborhood, also great but I wouldn't necessarily take the trip because you'll get like 80 to 85% of the way there with most like $2 slice places, so long as it's not like a chain. You know, you're not going to Sabars or something like that. That said, if you want the best goddamn hot dog I've ever had, it's also in Mamaroneck, New York, and it's a place <laughs> called Walter's Hot Dogs. And uh, I hadn't been there in about 20 years, and I went yeah. back for the first time Uh, this was like a couple weeks ago, and I got in line and got myself a hot dog. And I'm like, "There's no way this is gonna live up." I got a hot dog and I got a vanilla shake and a shitload of lactate to let me digest that. Of
0: course, yeah. And
1: I was like, "There's no way this is gonna live up." And holy cow, it lived up. It was spectacular.
0: And that come out of you like a super soaker?
1: No, it was fine. I took about 16 lactate, and it was
0: fine. Okay, that's good. Yeah, a lot of fiber too. Yeah. well, you've, you've kind of, like, walked into my, like, my beef oh. here, which is New York pizza. I think if you're going to get a buck fifty slice, right, or like a three dollar slice. now, Sure. Nothing better on the planet than New York pizza. Yeah. But if you want, like, the best pizza on the planet, Austin, Texas. Oh. Uh, like, because, and I, I've been trying to, I tried to piece together why this is over the course of living there. Because they don't have a claim on pizza. Yeah, and they have a bunch of like people moving there. They have like a really great version of every type of pizza. That makes sense. So you yep. want like a good New York slice? Is it going to be the best? No, but it's going to be pretty damn good. You want Detroit style? They got Via Three One Three down there, one of my favorite pizza joints on the planet. You're going to be solid. Um, and and then the flip side, uh, Austin barbecue, wildly overrated. <laughs> Like great if you want to just absolutely obliterate your stomach and feel crappy and have to wake up at like four in the morning to go to someplace two hours out of a city to go get it. Uh, But, but not my favorite barbecue at all people. Sometimes I say things like this, but like, look at this, you know, this try hard with the reverse opinions. Here's the secret. It's just how I feel. And Austin (laughs) pizza, it's very good. And it's barbecue. Not as good as Kansas city. That's just like, that's the real talk. But to answer to answer my question, the, what I'm craving the most is artichoke pizza. Is that oh, place yeah, even still sure. open?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's still that, like kind of an establishment. Yeah, that's it,
0: like I, 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 like remember that from like college, and I haven't had that's it in on a 14th while. Street. I think it's on yeah, or Second Ave somewhere.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah but who knows? I mean, everything. Yeah, it US is very good. I want to say this
1: years. though. We're gonna end this brief introductory. Uh, in, this six-minute introduction on pizza. We're gonna end this brief introduction with. a a statement which is the very Mm -hmm. best crust for a pizza is not New York style pizza. It's Domino's. (laughs) Domino's crust. No, no, no. No, just normal. Domino's crust is so fucking good. That thickness is like the perfect thickness for pizza. I think the rest of the pizza is pretty bad. But man, those that crust and that's why the cheese, the breadsticks that it comes with are so good is because it's just crust. So, we just need to find
0: a way to bridge the gap between those two and we'll be good. I think we could do it. And I think we'll do it right after this break. Okay. Okay, we're back. And now we're actually going to talk about Bolt Gun. And I'm not just going to say Bolt Gun over and over Please again don't. until Bolt Gun means nothing. Oh, no. Warhammer 40k bolt gun is a shooter. It's modern. It's brand new. You called it, it a boomer
1: shooter, which I have I guess I've heard that statement I before. I don't
0: like this genre name. I don't even know like what that means. Every... You just it's, boom it's, things? It's a complete misnomer. No, boomer shooter it's is- It's for like old people? Old people. But the, oh. like, the frustrating thing about it is boomers did not play shooters. Boomers is a generation like older than most people who like- came up on playing shooter video games. Gen X is like the the original first-person shooter generation. Yeah, but the generation bo- boomer that...
1: is just a shorthand for old, it's old just, person. Yeah,
0: exactly. And now I sound like a boomer because I'm like complaining about the phrase boomer shooter. But it is, it's going off of that vibe. It is somewhere between a Doom, which is what I think it looks the most like, and a Quake. And there's a difference if you haven't played these games. Doom is... 2D, like you're on a flat plane, and you you aim forward. In Quake, you can aim around in three like 3D direction, right? And this, it wants to look like Doom. It wants to have this kind of like you're in a 3D world, but um, the characters themselves are like 2D images almost. Um, but it wants to give you that like that visual freedom of like a more traditional 3D shooter.
1: Yeah, they're not. You know, Doom basically faked 3D. It was very convincing, but like the way they hacked 3D was. Very creative, whereas Quake was literally like a 3D poly- polygonal world. And so this, uh, yeah, is kind of in the middle ground between those two.
0: Yeah, there's uh, a few other kind of like hallmarks of boomer shooters or just shooters from that time. Mm-hmm. And I would say those are um, like heavy metal attitude. Yeah. Um, uh, or just like, fuck the man attitude in general. It doesn't have to be just heavy metal. Like
1: a Duke Nukem.
0: It's- yeah, kind of or um, Redneck Rampage, which we can talk about in a little bit. Sure. Um, locks and keys, where there's like, they didn't have a lot of complex like mission or like if then structures in video games. So it was like, I don't know, if you get a red key, you can open the red door.
1: And that was the level design for like every level
0: in the game. Yes. And then yeah. secret rooms. Um, yeah. So the way that they, they kept it from feeling like super linear which is ironic because it's what shooters would become, you know, a decade or two later. Um, They wanted it to feel a bit more like, oh, you could go get lost in these 3D environments. Then you would, you know, press up against random walls and hit enter and it would open a secret door and and inside you'd find various stuff. And Boltgun is all of that. I mean, like, to a T. Um, And then most miraculously, it's also fun because if you actually go back and play a lot of these games, if you go back and play Doom, they are not Fun in the traditional. Sense, Doom the word, is. I, I don't
1: know if it's. I don't think it's nostalgic because I didn't play Doom as a kid, and I think Doom holds up because it is so fast. I mean, it's it's primitive, but I, well, I, especially it's if you fun. have
0: mods on, you can turn on like the graphic gore. Like, I don't need fucking ray tracing. <laughs> no, not, not not ray tracing. The what is it? Ultra Ultra Doom or whatever. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's the one where it just makes everything like very crunchy. I think Doom um, holds up as a
1: game. More so than a lot of games from that era, I do. Agree um, but with that. but I think this game makes a lot of smart upgrades to that format to make this even more palatable.
0: So, can you talk about what some of that stuff is?
1: Sure. So, uh, the big one, the one that I think people will immediately uh, gravitate towards is the. Uh, I guess it's a chainsaw. So, if you're familiar with the Warhammer franchise, which I certainly wasn't. There are these guys called Ultramarines. They kind of look like, uh, I don't know, the t- the like humans in Starcraft, which I think yeah. is where I the inspiration think that was coming art. from. Yeah. Yeah. They, they look very much like that. They're in heavy armor or like Mandalorians, effectively. And they've got like chainsaw arms, which I guess they use in one hand. And then the other hand, usually like some sort of gun, I guess a bolt gun in this case. And so the chainsaw arm thing is in this game, and they did a very, very good job of making it feel incredible, which is rare for a first-person shooter. Usually, first-person shooters have really shitty uh, melee attacks. But this in this game, you basically, if it's you're close enough a to something. Uh, it's yeah, a teleport. It's, it's a teleport grab. Um, if you're close enough to someone, it will basically latch, on. It, you'll charge ahead and basically like devastate them with the chainsaw arm. If you've played the new Doom games, the like, what is it, 2016 and after games, um, the the same feeling that you get out of like doing that rip and tear move where you like rip enemies apart, that's exactly how it feels here. So they've kind of like brought their own spin on it. Um, this doesn't require like a super low health state necessarily, but um, it just feels really great and crunchy and satisfying.
0: Yeah. Oh, and it gives you another way to interact with the world. I think that's a trouble going back and playing Doom is like the way that you interact is by firing the gun and it hitting a target and then like games grow from there where it's like now you can also fire a gun at an explosive barrel and that blows things up and you know each step you're getting more and more language having that that kind of teleport to an enemy allows for like a variety of things. One, just doing the melee attack, but two, you can jump behind barriers with Mm -hmm. it. You can climb up objects you otherwise couldn't like reach. Um, It gives you like a new way of getting around the environment that adds like just a little bit more brain candy to to the recipe, you know? Yeah. Um, And then there's the bolt gun itself, which is, I've never seen a single gun come so dangerously close to breaking its own game as the bolt <laughs> gun. This gun, guns, bad. Guns in real life, horrible. This gun in a video game, rules. Like, instant nominee for best video game gun of all time. It is, wow. it shoots bolts, sure. Yep. Um. But effectively, it has all of the components of every other weapon you enjoy. it. Effect- I don't think it has any drop. And it can shoot as far as you want it to. So it's effectively like an, a sniper rifle that fires yeah. like a normal weapon. It hits with like the devastation of a rocket effectively or like a magnum from Goldeneye. Um, and it's, it's just auto fire blast to use. Yeah. <laughs> it It is so fun that there are other weapons. Early on, you get a shotgun and kind of this like large electric orb weapon. Yeah. Um, and they, they certainly have their use and there are times where you kind of like have to use them, but I, I really was not motivated to use anything but the bolt gun when I, when given the choice.
1: Yeah. It is difficult to sort of summon the enthusiasm for the other guns because it is just so fucking good. And maybe that's why, you know, it's the title gun. So I guess it has to be good. It's certainly better than it just like falling by the wayside, like your starting pistol in doom. So it's. I get it. I, I understand why they made it so good. Um, yeah, and it
0: almost feels like they designed. I mean, I, I'm uh, I don't know, probably three hours into this, and I think there's probably another three more, is my guess.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But it, it feels like they designed most of the game around it. Yeah. Um. Like that, their interest wasn't so much in getting you to cycle through lots of different weapons, the other weapons are there as flavor. Um, but like the main way of engaging with this game is world. Can you tell me about like the, I guess, biomes or the architecture? Because that was a thing that I found really interesting, but I'm, I'm curious if it clicked for you.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I did like the world design. I, I guess you kind of start with like a, I, it reminded me of like German world war II bunkers.
0: Is that crazy? There's a lot of fascist imagery in Warhammer yeah. in general. So yeah, I think that's fair.
1: Yeah. The signage and stuff like that. Um, but you're also kind of like dipping into like quote the nature of whatever this world is. I know so little about Warhammer and I've played, I mean, I think the first Warhammer game that I played was what did we just play? Like a couple months ago was that oh, multiplayer, yeah. whatever that was called, um, of st- the left for dead style game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, yeah. um, so I know so little about where we even are. And so I can't like reference a specific planet or anything like that, but, um, I guess that what jumped out at, to me most was not necessarily specific environmental things as much as the aesthetic overall, which has a very N64 era aesthetic. It's yeah. blocky, but like uh, kind of like messy. Um, it, it, Rusted Moss is like a similar vibe in two D, but in this case, obviously, it's in three D, which is to say like. There's a there's a like a roughness to the whole experience that makes it, it feel like very lived in.
0: It kind of looks like those demakes. Like th- the yeah. game we played last year was uh Dark Tide. Dark Tide, and right. In some ways the architecture here feels like a like PlayStation 1 demake of Dark Tide.
1: Yeah. Which um, which works for me in a lot of ways. Honestly works for me more than it did in Dark Tide. And I think a lot of that has to do with just like the overall tone of this game which is very silly and like leaning yeah. into how ridiculous warhammer is which it is very ridiculous and every other warhammer thing i've played has taken itself so seriously so to see this like coming at it with a wink and a nudge was like great
0: yeah i mean i think it's also just the readability of that era i mean yeah. I, I love modern video game graphics they're incredible i am ray tracing is quite cool but the trouble with something like ray tracing is it emphasizes shadow and darkness, which means inherently that you cannot see things as well, and that there isn't as much intentionality to yeah. to light. Light isn't being um, picked and steered and directed so much. As it is. I I've, I know there are exceptions to this as I'm saying it, but like part of ray tracing is that it is natural light. It is the way light actually works. Where older games, they you effectively like picked things that would be lit up, and with this game, I feel like everything is just brighter and more colorful mm-hmm. and therefore just easier to like parse as I'm zipping through the world. I did
1: get lost a number of times. And I think this is like a level design issue that I should just mention briefly. Because I don't think there's a map. I'd really tried looking for one, right? There's no map? I never used one, but I also never got that lost. Okay. I There were like a couple moments in several of the earlier levels where I was like... I know it wants me to progress. And there's like the floating head guy that like gives you yeah. somewhere to go. But I, I did genuinely get a little bit turned around and without a map, it was kind of tricky. And even Doom had a map. So like, mm, I mean, there might be, maybe I just didn't spot it, but I, I did get a little bit uh, turned around in some of the areas. I, you know, that's not a knock on the aesthetic as much as it is. I think there are more tools at their disposal for guiding players, whether it is like, placing signposting or whatever it is. And I I don't know that it necessarily went as overboard as it should have been because finding your way around these worlds isn't necessarily the fun of it.
0: I I think that is true. I think that kind of gets at the picking what to bring back from the classic games and what not to. Mm -hmm. That to me feels like very much a choice where people who do love these games, that is part of the fun is like figuring out how to get around these labyrinthian worlds. Yeah, but Doom had a map.
1: That's that's what I'm saying. Doom had a map. Did
0: Doom, Doom 1 had a map? Yeah, it did. Wow, I never used... That is bonkers. Yeah, um, and
1: very useful, because you would, like, yeah. find, like, a yellow door, and then find a yellow key, and be like, where the hell was that door? And you wouldn't have to, like, stumble around in the darkness for a while. No, that makes perfect sense.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I... I mean, then no excuses there. But I, I do think, like, that is... I think that is a choice that I just wonder about all those incremental choices when making saying like, okay, we're going to make a classic shooter Warhammer, right? Like even from the drop having to choose between like doom and quake, you know, flat worlds where you can't aim in every direction and worlds where you can. Yeah. um, Are we going to kind of like use the limitations of that era? So in this game, the reason I mentioned the architecture is there are huge environments, like humongous scale spaces. Um, that just would have never been possible in games back in that day, and yeah. I, I think like that's that's what I find really exciting about boomer shooters or any of these games that are kind of like going back to genres that have been kind of dormant. Is it does let you like throw modern technology at them and see what happens, but at the same time you run the risk of like taking away whatever the thing was that people enjoyed to begin with, and I think. Overall, what what impressed me about this game is I feel both. Like, this feels like the rose-colored glasses of going back and actually playing Doom and Quake. Which, I mean, you you dunked on me with the ray tracing, which is very fair and deserved. (laughs) But, yeah, going back and playing Quake with ray tracing, I can really admire it from, like, an intellectual point of view. It is not a thing I will choose to play because I want to have fun this evening, right? And this... Is the exact opposite. I mean, I swear, every time I turn this on, I played for like another thirty minutes more than I intended to.
1: Yeah, um, and it is good for that. Is it's the missions are short, and uh, you know, you can do it in a sitting and feel like you accomplished something,
0: which helps a lot. Do you feel like Warhammer games are inescapable? Like they're just everywhere. They are
1: way more common than they were even like three
0: years ago. It seems it's like there's like three or wild. four coming out each year. I looked it up on Steam; and there were five last year. There, there are two out this year. But if I'm going off of like my like Polygon PR inbox, I feel like there are like 50 more coming out in the next six months.
1: And they're they're also working on a show, right? I mean, they have to be, right? I, I think Henry Cavill is involved in oh, a Warhammer I think show you're right. because he's yeah. a big Warhammer dork. Yeah, it's it definitely seems like the new like marvel lord of the rings like franchise that's being like fully plumbed for every little piece of its juices um i mean it's fine it doesn't it's not necessarily my favorite thing in the world but i know a
0: lot of people like it so good for them it has also kind of been like a like oh i know this game will be fine which is weird because again i I have no interest in warhammer at all but when I see Warhammer on a game at this point, because they've been so consistent, you know, Blood Bowl, solid game. The Shooters Blood and Teeth. Have, do you remember that one? That no, like the, I think you're making stuff up now. No, no, no. It was like Warhammer 40k. I think it's called Shooters Blood and Teeth. Oh my gosh! And it's like you. This is like a your speed type of game. It's like a 2D run and gun game. Huh. Um, yeah, it's it, it's very good. The Dark Tide was solid, right? I feel like the stuff. I mean, I we we did not talk about Total War Warhammer Three, but I know that that is like one of the best games of last year. If you're the type of person who plays those sorts of games, I'm sorry that that's not us. Um, but yeah, I, I I can't think of many properties or licenses that are this consistent in getting good, if not great, reviews.
1: Yeah, they're usually like sevens and above and some like nines and uh, Which is hard in the world of video games,
0: especially when you you are not a massive studio and you are kind of caught in that weird in-between space between um, mega publisher and indie.
1: It looks Uh, like they're treating this like a label insofar as they're going out and reaching out to talented developers and being like, okay, you can make a Warhammer game using whatever skill set you have. You know, Zelda, um, Nintendo did this with the Necrodancer developer, crypton uh, Necrodancer. They re- released uh, Cadence of Hyrule, which was like an indie rhythm-based twist on Zelda, and it was awesome. And it like made me want to do them to do that more, and they haven't, which is a drag. But it's it's really cool to see that with a big franchise like this.
0: Yeah, no, I I I'm really into it. Um, anyway, I I think that kind of wraps up Bolt Gun. It is an absolute delight. It's a very simple, simple delight. But I think most folks would enjoy it. And I think it's available kind of everywhere. It's on.
1: Yeah, it's on basically everything. Basically
0: everything. Yeah.
1: Um, I would add that if uh, you like this game or you like these kinds of games and then you want more, Proteus, which came out, I think, a year or two ago, uh, is also like very much in this vein. And I like that game a
0: lot as well. Yeah. I mean, there's. I f- if you go back through the, the Besties backlog, I feel like we've kind of hit every major boomer shooter of the last three or four years. Yeah. um, Was it Devil's we, we old. Yeah, this is the sort of thing we're into, which is going to take us to the second half. I want to talk about the very first shooters we ever played, what playing first-person shooters was like in the 90s, and just kind of that culture of that moment, which is deeply weirder than um both I remember it sometimes and people might not know if they're you know say born in the 2000s or later. So, let's take a quick break. I'm going to get some tea and then we'll come back and take a time machine to the magical years of 1991 through 1999. Bye. Okay, we're back. And we're going to talk about the nineties and shooters and what the fuck it was like playing these deeply weird, what felt extremely violent things back in the day. What was the very first FPS that you played? Played was,
1: uh, Wolfenstein, Wolfenstein 3d was the first one that I played. Uh, I think I've talked a little bit about it. My grandparents got it for me because they, whenever I visited them in San Diego, And I was there for like a week, and they didn't know what to do with me. They'd just get me like a PC game to play that week. And one of the times, it was Wolfenstein 3D. And I was about, I don't know, eight or nine. Not appropriate for an eight or Mm. nine-year-old. I mean, it's great to see Hitler get melted into goo from a (laughs) ton of bullets. But maybe not something I should have been watching. But it was also like cartoony. I remember getting very scared from that game. It was like a very scary game. Uh, you know, looking at it now, it, it's not scary. But, you know, you open a door and there's a Nazi behind it. <laughs> That's scary. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is uh, true.
0: It's pretty rough.
1: Um, the game I th- around the same time, the game that I remember seeing, and I remember which one came first, was Faceball 2000, which came out on the Game Boy. And it was like a first person shooter. But you shot these like round, happy face balls that would just like float through like a maze and I don't think I ever played it but for somewhere I remember seeing it maybe in a Nintendo Power or something like that and uh, so that was probably one of the earliest I saw but Wolfenstein I like played a ton of I remember if you're not familiar with what this game looks like it's worth just looking at it because it makes Doom look high tech it's pretty primitive and I remember having to play the game at like probably 15 fps because the pc that i was running on could not handle Wolfenstein. uh so it's kind of a throwback but yeah it's fun game
0: yeah i mean that was like the era where you had to get a custom graphics card and a custom sound card yeah if you if you really wanted to live the high life to be able to you couldn't look things. up as
1: well there was no looking up in that game
0: yeah, there's, it's, it's true. That's I really don't even tough. think I have. A, I
1: had a mouse. I don't know that I played. With, I think I was just playing with arrow keys and WASD, maybe.
0: Yeah, I mean, Great. yeah. What what else would you have been playing with? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I for me, the first one I watched was Doom when it came out. Um, it was like I mean, it obviously blew up. My dad had. Uh, like the the family computer and it was not meant for video games I didn't even know video games could play on it and yeah. then he was like I remember there was like a week where after dinner he would go up and like use the computer every night and like you would hear like horrific noises <laughs> that sounds so much worse than I <laughs> intended to and uh, and I was like oh I, I, need a, I need to find out what this is and finally I like stuck in and saw that he was playing Doom and was you know like shocked, you know, super super violent. But the weird thing is my parents where they set boundaries with video games and violent video games makes it made zero sense. Um, they didn't let me play Resident Evil 2, but yeah. they let me play Resident Evil 1. And they didn't like me playing Doom, but they did let me play Wolfenstein because they wanted to be able me to, to be able to play a game by John Carmack. Because he was from Shawnee Mission, Kansas, which was, like, oh. very close to us. And I think – I don't know if this is apocryphal or not. I think he was the child of our weatherman. That's what people <laughs> would always say. And I don't know if that's, like, true. Sure. Um, uh, but I just know that, like, that was a whole thing of, oh, you know, like, this is a Kansas City-made video game. You know, we sh- we should support this business. Um and that like kind of continued throughout my childhood. I again like how much of this is apocryphal versus not. I don't know. Do you remember the gamer, uh, fatality? Yeah, sure. Jonathan Wendell. He was like the first like the ninja first. before ninja was a thing. Yes, and like I was always told like, oh, he's from my hometown. So like okay. you know like you, you when when my teachers would see me they be like you you're gonna be like. You, you could do that if you wanted to really get into games, um, I, but again, I don't know like how much of this is true. I literally just did a wiki. It looks like he grew up in Kansas City, so maybe he was, maybe he was very close by. Um, but there was there was this moment of like fatality and John Carmack and um, something awful. Some of the founders of the something awful forums were also yeah. from where I lived. So and you could use like that website. Oh yeah, I'm, I, ha- I had to use something awful. My parents were always forcing me to use it. Uh, they're well, like, we they're... heard you're into faces of death. <laughs> the um, commander,
1: the the John Carmack thing is funny because he also made Commander Keen, which would have been probably a lot more appropriate for you. Oh,
0: I, I didn't, I did play that too, but they they understood that that was not cool.
1: Oh, like they sure. they they, they, I mean, they, they weren't
0: so so uncool to like yeah. you know, look at that and be like well, you're not a baby. Yeah. Um, no, it was, it was just a weird moment. I I guess it was a weird moment in general. And then it was like a weird moment specifically where we were, where it felt both like I lived in the middle of nowhere. And also I lived in the center of this like very particular culture Yeah, um, of like weird, hardcore gaming culture that was like, I mean, it was very early at that time. It was very like, there weren't a lot of people doing it. No, no, no. I mean, do you remember? going like how did you get these games did you did you download off shareware for them no no uh
1: well a little bit of shareware but mostly the shareware stuff i was downloading was like uh like the kind of game for it's like send ten dollars in and we'll send you a code for a free whatever with a full version of the game shitty shareware games like that you want to explain
0: what shareware was because i yeah i mean you would basically just go on
1: a website and you download a basically indie games at the time big games that were made by two or three people
0: and it would be you could be like the first two or three levels of doom would be like the yeah sure oftentimes it was yeah like total junk
1: yeah uh but um yeah so i downloaded a few of those shareware titles but mostly when i was buying like full games i would go to comp usa which is a store that doesn't exist anymore it was a chain it was basically like a best buy for computer shit, somewhere between a had... Best
0: Buy and a Micro Center,
1: yeah, precisely. Yeah. And um, so they had a bunch of games, and I remember buying Half Life One from a CompUSA, and I remember uh, you know a bunch of different um, different titles. What was that <laughs> Egg Head store? What was that Egg, egg-, uh, egg- uh, New Egg? Yeah,
0: yeah, but it wasn't didn't New Egg come from another? Oh, like uh, oh, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't even be surprised if they owned Comp, like all those. Companies but I also, yeah, that was another
1: point. mainstay. I think that's what the 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 store that we went to in um San Diego was in Newark, I believe.
0: Yeah, I, I I did a little bit of um of CompUSA, but it was further from the house. And my dad would also take me to um computer trade shows, which was like um I don't know. It would be like. The The American Royal is like a place in Kansas City where they would have rodeos, but then they would like sometimes be like, oh, we'll set up booths there on the like floor ground and you people could bring in like a whole bunch of discs to sell. And mm. my dad would be like, oh, this is great. We can go because the games are so cheap there. And now in hindsight, it's like, yeah, they were 100% all pirated. Like oh. it was just illegal copies of video games. Yeah, that tracks. Um But I do like, want to
1: correct one one aspect.
0: I got yes. this wrong.
1: Um, so it wasn't a New Egg because New Egg founded in like 2005. It was an Egghead Software. No way. Which is a retailer that doesn't exist anymore because they got bought out by Amazon. But it was like a small boutique, sold computer shit store, and their logo. Was a little Einstein with an egg head. (laughs) Oh my gosh! So yeah, you can uh,
0: you can look that up. It's a different time. It is. Um, Yeah, I do. When you played this sort of stuff as a kid, did it feel violent to you, or is it just like the? I definitely
1: knew that it was not appropriate. I didn't feel violent in the way that like none of these games necessarily feel violent when you're playing it because they like it's like a means to an end almost, but. I understand why they are viewed as... Certainly, they are violent insofar as if you're looking at it like... If you're watching someone play Mortal Kombat and someone's head gets ripped off, you're like, holy shit, this is the most messed up thing I've ever seen. and certainly not appropriate for a super young kid. But while you're playing it, it doesn't really... It's like, oh, damn, I actually made the combo. I I was able to pull off the fatality. Awesome. (laughs) This isn't
0: an original thought, but I, I do like that the Summer Games Fest this year uh, Keely's thing opened yeah. with new mortal Kombat footage and just a string of fatalities. <laughs> and it's like, Hey, uh, I know that you probably put your kids down in front of the TV so they could hear about the cool new video games. But, uh, what if we watch people's brains get <laughs> pulled out of their heads? Um, I know I sound like an absolute prude there, but what a weird dissonance, um, <laughs> between <laughs> you remember there was a time where fresh and I were doing this job. Um, When you would like people, the PR, the publicist would really, really worry about age gating uh, M rated trailers. Oh, yeah. Trailers. Yeah. And there was like laws about it, which I have to imagine still exist. And people have just fully given up on it. Yeah. Um, I mean, on
1: YouTube, sometimes you have to
0: put your age in, but usually not. Yeah. I I cannot think of the last time I had to worry about that. Maybe because I'm signed in. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Did you really quick before you wrap this section? Did you um do any like the kitty versions? Like, Toy Story had the sh- like first person level inside of the claw machine or Check's Quest.
1: Oh, I don't. I definitely didn't play Check's Quest or the Toy Story game. Yeah, no, I don't think so.
0: Yeah, that was that was a funky little thing where they were. You could tell smart people realized there was a huge audience in. In this space, that wanted, and you to could play just shooters. like change the graphics
1: to be something that was like yeah. okay.
0: And then eventually, what people figured out was like, oh no, kids are going to get a hold of the violent games anyway. So yeah. <laughs> we should just keep making the violent ones um, because kids don't want to be seen as playing the kid games. The whole reason that they liked it is because it's like taboo um yeah it were, were there any other ones that you like loved i mean we mentioned wolfenstein rise of the triad was the one i was really into redneck Rainbow yeah i mean Space i got Rainbow super Rainbow. into like this is later but
1: like unreal tournament mm. i got super into that had like a great community of like map making folks and modding and like downloading models and stuff like that it's really awesome um yeah and uh like dark forces the star wars like the original Jedi Knight Dark Forces was really good uh which was basically a Doom clone. Um but yeah, I didn't get I think Half-Life was like the turning point for me in terms of like oh, you could actually do like a narrative in a game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which is yeah. a ni- nice change. Sorry Half-Life, I... we didn't include you in in our <laughs> reading list. <laughs> I mean, it,
0: ha- yeah, Half-Life is also the like the end of this this yeah. era, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was really into Hexen and Heretic. Oh, sure. Where it was like... Oh, I nice. confused those two. I mean, how the, uh, they're the sequel. One's the sequel, the other, right? Oh, they are. I didn't know that. Yeah, I believe so. I believe okay. Hexen is the... It's called Hex and Beyond Heretic. Like, it oh. follows up the series. Something oh, like that. Oh, and
1: what was the one? Descent. I also put, I don't know if that counts as a shooter because you were in a spaceship flying well, around. Descent's but I...
0: what ruined my entire invert the Y axis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The... yeah, Descent was a, you were a ship, but it was a shooter. And it taught me that, like, oh, I should invert the Y because I'm effectively flying a ship. And I think there's, like, an entire generation of weirdos like me who were ruined by that game. Yeah, probably. I've undone it. Yay! No, I don't even think about it anymore. I I cannot believe I was able to to fix it. Good for you. Um, should we uh, do some honorable mentions and wrap this up? Yeah. Uh, what what else are you playing or watching? Um,
1: well, I've just been playing Zelda whenever I have free time. Um, because it's great and I'm just loving it. Uh, but I wanted to mention something I've been playing it with. And it's called the, I don't. Uh, it's called the NYXI mm-hmm. Wizard Wireless Joypad for Switch.
0: Mm, that doesn't. Sound I don't good.
1: know if it's spe- pronounced like Nyxi Wizard Wireless. I'm going to go with NYXI because it's all in what capital letters. Is this? I'm okay. I'm looking at this right now. I mean, if you look at a screenshot, you'll immediately know why I'm using it or why I'm trying it out. Is because it's a GameCube controller, and so. Basically, it has the layout of a GameCube controller with that like giant A button, those like bean shaped X and Y buttons, and the little B button. And basically, it um, works as Joy Cons. So you can basically strap them onto your Switch in handheld mode and have essentially a GameCube layout in your hand. It's enormous, granted, but. I use a switch a split pad Pro, which is also huge, so it wasn't really a departure for me. Does this feel good
0: for a game like Zelda? It
1: has uh, ups and downs, I would say. I actually really like the GameCube controller for a lot of reasons, and for that reason, I actually think this checks the box of like, hey, it feels like you're using a GameCube controller. I like the fact that you can like hit A and X at the same time very easily because of the how they're positioned, And I like the, you know, just overall, like, grippiness of it feels really good. Um, It's okay for Zelda, but big caveat, the buttons are not the proper layout. And this is Nintendo's fault. This is not NYXI's fault um, for doing this. But basically, uh, when the GameCube came out, the big main button that you pressed all the time was the A button giant thing at the bottom of the controller was the a button and nintendo pushed the a to its original spot which is on the right side of the controller and the b button is now at the bottom of the nintendo controllers and so any game that you play kind of follows that mentality that layout so you actually have to remap the controls if you're using this for it to be remotely playable with zelda because otherwise, you're like the all the
0: buttons are not in the right spot. I'm sure this only takes like a couple minutes, but it, it... doesn't.
1: It's not hard because you can uh, in in the switch settings very easily. You can remap every single button to be any other button on the switch, so it's really not difficult. But it does get annoying if you're switching between games. You would probably want to like
0: switch back or something like that. Yeah. No. I. It sounds interesting. I. I never got into the GameCube. I mean, that is probably the largest gap I have in all. I mean, it it is a console for babies, and I loved it. Is that true? Is that like what it was known as?
1: I mean, that's what it was known. It was known, certainly. When you compare that between that and the PS2, um, Uh, the GameCube was the console for babies. Uh, It was purple. It had a little adorable Link in Wind Waker. Uh, It had adorable Luigi in his mansion. Granted it had Metroid Prime, but most of the games that came out on there were like for babies. And yeah. I love them. There's there's not a knock, but it was designed, you know, Nintendo and still is pictured as a family friendly company. And so, uh yeah, it was just kind of that was its reputation. But a lot of good games came out on there. Resident um, Evil
0: Four was GameCube first, right? Yeah, exclusive
1: to GameCube. So there's Cube. like
0: it, it did have that in eternal darkness. It sounds like it had a bit of a marketing issue. Yeah,
1: It was marketing, but also it was, it was output, which sure. Nintendo has always had, which is, yeah. you know, they put out like 10 great games a year and that's it. Almost, so yeah. there's no like third-party support or limited third-party support. So that was really the big sticking point with the GameCube. Yeah. It's gotten it is, better
0: on the Switch, obviously, but yeah. Indie, that was, indie gaming helped anyone more than than Nintendo. Yeah, it was, I mean, it's, like,
1: it's outrageous. I mean, Nintendo now has a lot of third-party support, not just from indies, but certainly... If you look at the first year of the Switch's life cycle, I think there were like, you know, Zelda and Mario Odyssey and Mario Kart, I think. And that was it. But there was just a shitload of Indies coming out. So there was never a moment where you felt like, oh, I'm going to leave the Switch alone and not even play it for a
0: while. Yeah,
1: yeah. Anyway, uh, that that controller is called the (laughs) NYXI Wizard Wireless... It just rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> you can Google it uh, if you're interested. Uh, it's worth checking out. Certainly would be cool to play Smash on on with uh, using that controller because I know a lot of people love the GameCube controller for Smash. Uh, but uh, yeah, just remember about
0: the remapping thing. Um, I have only just begun with it, but Super Mega Baseball 4 is out. Um, it is now published by EA, which is... Strange, but if you are new to the series, Super Mega Baseball is somewhere between an arcade and a sim baseball game. It doesn't have real teams in it. It has this very like cartoony look. Um you are just as likely to hit home runs as you are to hit the pitcher directly in the nuts. Um it's it's great. It's very fun, has a ton of personality. It's like RBI baseball, basically. Like that's the inspiration. Yeah, it it definitely ins well, somewhere between RBI baseball and even the kind of SK baseball games, you would find at the arcade, right? Yeah. Um yeah, and and it's a delight. I have not had a chance to dig into this a whole lot, but I'm curious about the EA of it all because it sounds like a best case scenario. And then I think this game was already well under development before they partnered with EA. Um, so they didn't use like a Major League Baseball deal for it. They instead got a bunch of players. Yeah. And you just have like random famous baseball players. Who is that, Big Poppy? Uh, yeah, he, he, he is in it. And uh, a bunch <laughs> of other surprises. Um, and yeah, I I am excited to try it more. I, I hope there's a demo out there. I actually don't know for sure if there is. But this seems like one of those games where even if you haven't played baseball games in a very long time, if you can try a demo, definitely give it a shot. Because actually, well, this this is like the type of game that when I was a kid, I would download the demo and then just never buy the game. Like yeah. if you gave me a, a baseball game with two teams on it in exhibition mode, that was all I needed. I could, I could make that last for like five or six months. Yeah, um, buddy. But... Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm really looking forward to playing it, and I'm also really looking forward to being able to play it on my Steam Deck uh, while I'm traveling. Though I, I believe oh, it's your also Steam on deck. and runs pretty well. Oh, Or my Ally. I feel weird saying the Ally. I, I, well, you should because it's the branding is very silly. Yeah, it, is, it, the Steam, I, that's Steam what Steam Deck's I was asking. easier is... to say. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm probably going to bring the Ally instead. I, I haven't done a trip with it, and I want to try and see. Do you have
1: a good those. good uh, travel bag for it? Uh I don't. I actually don't know. That have is a the benefit of the Steam Deck. It comes with that great case, at least That's I think true. on the higher end. It comes with that yeah. great case.
0: Yeah, oh, that might be a deciding factor. And also I just know the only way to find out is to try, but like I know that my uh portable charger will keep my Steam Deck powered like as long as I need it. Yeah. Um I don't know that for sure with the ally just yet uh anyway that's been the episode uh we did it we did it we talked about bolt gun and i stopped saying bolt gun over and over again which is a real accomplishment for me thank you for all for listening this week we talked about warhammer 40k bolt gun we talked about super mega baseball 4 we talked about the nyxi wizard wireless joypad for the nintendo switch a real frontrunner for some of the worst branding I've ever seen. Um, uh, we also talked about a whole bunch of classic 90s shooters if you want to give them a try. Those games are Doom, Rise of the Triad, Wolfenstein, Redneck, Rampage, Duke Nukem, Hexen, Heretic, Toy Story, Chex Quest, and Descent. And also, also I think, oh, Baseball 2000. Baseball Pro- 2000 and Proteus was the other oh, yeah. game that I mentioned. Proteus and that's a newer one that is definitely worth checking out. Yes. And that is it for the Resties. I am Christopher Thomas Plant. You are... Ross Froshtick. And we're the Resties, where the rest of the best discuss the best of the rest. Resties. We're a little off on that one.